How's it going? Welcome to Wander on the Way, a show that is an ode to hours spent in coffee shops, late night get-togethers with friends, walks outside, and long car rides. Basically, all the times and places we get a moment to slow down to be present with ourselves and those around us. My name is Josh Perry, and I'll be your companion today for a little while. Join me and my occasional guests as we take a look at all the messy little details of being human. And remember, you're not lost as long as you say you're wandering. Welcome everyone, and welcome back to another guest installment of Wander on the Way. Today's guest is Richard Taylor Jr., a motivational speaker, mental health advocate, and author whose own personal experiences in high school and college helped shape him into the powerhouse he is today. A quick word of caution about today's episode before we begin. While we don't get into the details too much or discuss some of the trauma involved, Richard's experiences center heavily around his multiple suicide attempts, the last of which he narrowly survived. Today, we are going to focus on the important takeaways that he has kept close to his heart, the sorts of things he struggled to learn and now spends his life traveling to educate others about. His message is all about doing what it takes to put the lessons that life gives us into practice, rather than merely talking a good game. For Richard, his faith and faith community served as the vessel for finally putting action behind his beliefs, something he and I agree is essential. As you listen today, think about the ways in which you might be more talk than action, and look for opportunities to do what you already know you can do to be more closely aligned with your intentions. Welcome, Richard. I'm glad to have you here today. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited for the conversation. It's been quite a while since we've had a chance to to chat and since we've seen each other in person. So how are you? And would you introduce yourself for a second? Definitely. Josh, it's good to see you. Um, I know it's been, what, almost three years now since uh, the last time I saw you, seen you in person? It was maybe, 2019. Maybe more, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it might have been more, yeah. Well, either way, it's definitely good to be here with you. Congratulations on the podcast, by the way, too. Yeah, I thanks. think that's awesome. Um, from one podcast to another, I think yeah. that is massively important. And I'm, I mean, I love conversations. I love when things can just kind of go out. You never know what perspective can help people and change. So I don't take it lightly when somebody, you know, decides to do one. Definitely as someone who procrastinated for like five years <laughs> before finally doing his own, right? And so I think that it's great that you just like grabbed the bull by the horns and was like, let's do it. Well, I'm yeah, man. Sure. So it's good like, to be here with you. Dove into it. I've had uh, definitely some people in my life that have been like, you know, you might want to try this out. And I've been kind of resisting for years. So I, I get a little bit of that procrastination mm-hmm. myself. Yeah, but you got it done, man. And you're, you're killing it. Um, and so I'm excited. I'm definitely grateful to be here, man. So I know you said tell a little bit about myself. My name is Richard Taylor Jr., originally from Chicago, Illinois, um, now a resident in Seattle, Washington, um, mental health advocate, some say expert, I just say expert of my own experience, mm-hmm. um, author, speaker, like I said, podcaster. Um, I do a lot of stuff around the realm of mental health mm-hmm. um, and just really helping people in life in general. Um also serve as a, a worship leader 
I'm out here in Seattle at the church that I attend. Um, man, I'm a lover of people. Um, I don't consider myself a thought leader. Like that title has been thrown around a lot with my name. And I'm like, eh, I'm just a guy with a few ideas, right? <laughs> so, yeah. And a lot of it based on, on your own experience, right? Like that's kind of where this yeah. is all coming from. Definitely, man. Overcomer, survivor um, of uh, a multitude of suicide attempts from the age of 10 to 20. Uh, dealt with depression and anxiety. So that was a huge part of, you know, what led me into that space to begin with when we talk about suicide and just some of the struggles and dealings there. So yeah, um, all of these different components that have led me up into this space. And it is the experience, but I will say that I think that, you know, as people, it's important for us to make sure that we are leaning into those experiences and even being able to speak from those experiences because of the fact that, um, Man, a lot of times, whether we know it or not, that's what people tend to like gravitate to the most. Sure. I find more and more just interesting that people care to hear about like what you've been through and how you overcame it. And from that, I noticed that they take to really try and like utilize with their own lives and their own selves. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and in a way, that's really a lot of what what this podcast is for is you know bringing on folks like you that you got a story to tell um yeah. and, and people like to hear it people like being asked about it and kind of what they got going on um 100%. but so you sort of mentioned a little bit of the broad spectrum of content kind of stuff that you do right you're speaking you're an author yep. doing podcast uh i know last time i spoke with you i think you had just released um between the dream maybe i think that might have been the last book that i remember you putting out but I, I know you're pretty if, prolific. So what what you got going on now? No, I think it might have been Love Between My Scars. I think that was the okay. last one that black the black cover. Yeah, Love Between My Scars because I saw you when I came up to NY in uh, was it 2017, 18, yeah. one of those two. And so um, yeah, uh, it's been a lot more since then. I ended up doing a student edition to Between the Dream actually okay. in 2017. And 2018, I took that year to write, and uh, I released a book at the top of 2019 called, um, uh, geez, I can't even remember my own, <laughs> can't remember my own work, Josh, what's happening right much. now? Doing too much. The Other Side, Freedom from Depression and Suicide. So I released okay. The Other Side in 2019, started working with a lot of our Spanish-speaking populations between mm. our TRIO programs and Gear Up and just everywhere between New York, Jersey, Cali. Um, the Arizona area, and then in Puerto Rico as well. And so I ended up doing my first Spanish translated book, which was a translation of The Other Side. And then um, last year, I released 31 Days of Power, a simplified approach to everyday mental health, which was essentially, you know, this book based around uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, which, with it, which is in May. Um, and so the 31 Days of May, essentially 31 Days of Power. Nice. And like, it, I get the feeling from some of the stuff I've seen, that's a bit more like a workbook or like it's something you kind of go through throughout the month or is that right? It can be treated like a workbook or it can be treated like just an everyday book. Just a book. Um, so if you wanted to just read through it, you could, the workbook feel is pretty dope though, because it does have like a set list of like three to four questions at the end of each chapter. And then, you know, a page just to kind of write, you know, I think reflection is huge. And I definitely believe that journaling is huge when you talk about not just from the standpoint of building your mental health, but I think even 
from an awareness standpoint of your mental and your emotional, being able to understand yourself, understanding your patterns, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the things that you do in life, like all of those things are massively important. And so I really wanted to try and bring that to life with this book. Okay. And speaking of that, like one of, one of the big focuses um, of the, these talks that I'm doing is kind of trying to connect some of the, the philosophies, like the, the things that we believe and want to put into the world with like our everyday actions. And so uh, our, is that stuff that you yourself are doing? Is that also kind of a part of your experience? Like, are you journaling? Are you doing this this work too? Yes, definitely. Um, 100%. And I think that it is super important. Um, you got to be able to practice what you teach, right? And so yeah. here's the reality. Like, it, I think that I'm literally taking what has helped me and I'm putting it out there, right? Okay. And so that's essentially the approach. The goal is to to practice it, you know, before it comes, right? Because yeah. it's, it's one thing for us to plan it, right? But application, it's so funny. I believe we as humans have all of the knowledge and wisdom in the world. But I think where we tend to miss the boat is right there at the application part, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes when we choose to apply as well. Where did you pick that up? Like your own practices of journaling and paying attention? Just, I think a lot of it originally came from like the practices that I had to start coming off of my final suicide attempt, right? And going to see a therapist for the first time. Mm-hmm. And in that, you know, these are some of the things that, that were encouraged as far as like, hey, let's go ahead and do this and give it a shot. And then from there, you know, just kind of put my own flair to it, taking my own okay. like little, you know, little little twist and saying okay well let's see how this will work or what would it look like if this was implemented you know and that was really helpful too mm-hmm. and so I think those components really made a huge difference um early on and yeah um I think too just like keeping up with the industry as as it pertains to like mental health when it comes to like what are some practices that that we're finding are like really beneficial for people you know but then also too, man, I think just I've, I'm all, I've always been a firm believer of um, really diving into productive activities that help us. And the beauty is, is that that looks different for everybody. Right. Okay. But one of my, my only caveat to that is that we got to stick to that word productive because not every yeah. activity, while it might be fun, might not necessarily be productive. Right. And so in that, um, I think you, you, we I talk about this in the 31 days of power, like some of us might identify it as finding our muse, but mm-hmm. essentially you found something that not only brings you joy, but also keeps you in a good state of mind, you know, that helps you when you could be hitting a downward spiral, you know, sure. and I, <clears throat> that that's essentially what it is. It's been a mix of all of those components together. Okay. And I'm, I noticed, like you said, you kind of put your own flair, you put your own spin on it. So do you have like a good example uh, obviously without like ruining too much about the work you're doing, but like, oh, what yeah. what is the, the Richard brand of, uh, of some of these practices? Yeah. You know what? It, it's so funny. Like for me, they vary, but um, it could be something as little as like, I will, I love music. So I'll sing myself out of a funk sometimes, you know, right. or like I'll, I'll have like random dance parties. Um, (laughs) you know, we talk about music music therapy, right? You talk about music therapy and how like music can definitely invoke different thoughts and feelings. And so it could be like an interrupter. It acts as an interrupter for me. I'll just kind of dance it out. But then also too, 
you know, some of these practices might be like when it, when I talk about like things that you enjoy doing, right. Things that if for nothing else, I just need, I need to smile. I need to breathe. Right. It could be going off the waterfront and just sitting at the water, listening to the waves crash. It could be for me, I love architecture and I love seeing how people think when it comes to building. So like mm -hmm. I'll drive and I will literally just go and look at homes, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it's the small things, right? And whether I got music playing while I'm doing it or if I'm just taking it all in and the silence and then the stillness of it, it I notice that it calms me. It helps mm -hmm. me to breathe. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention too, like another great practice for me specifically is the community aspect, right? Mm. Having a good group of people around. So whether it's a friend that's letting me vent or a friend that I am coming up with a new idea with, like those mm. moments are very therapeutic. It's not therapy, yeah. but it is a therapeutic practice. And I love that because I'm like, you know, it's these small things that don't cost a lot of money or any money at all sometimes that can be such a great benefactor um, within it. Um, journaling sometimes has turned into books for me, you know, like mm -hmm. literally some of the products that I've put out have started off as like just my journaled thoughts. And so um, I, I love that. It's like, you, you just never know what it could be when it comes to some of the things that speak to you. And then I'll put my own twist on something like, you know, you know, journaling, how would I write this in a song? Right. Mm -hmm. Or how would I write this as a stage play? I love comic books. I am a huge comic book fan. How would I write these emotions into a character as a comic book character, right? Or as a comic story, right? Like, so the flair of like, oh, wow, like you, what they say, take, they turn lemons into lemonades. Mm -hmm. Like, that's essentially how I see it from time to time. All right. I love that, especially the uh, the community part of it. And, and you kind of hit that nail on the head in a way that like, it's free, right? You don't need to go out and and buy something that someone's like, Hey, take care of yourself. Like just, you got some of that community around you and you can bounce these yeah. ideas off of them. Where's, where's that faith of yours kind of fit into all of this and in, in your own personal journey? Uh, it's just kind of like as, as honestly at every portion of the journey, like I grew up in church, my grandparents had 11 kids and they raised all of them in church. My mom and dad raised us up. So in the Christian faith and, um, yeah, that, that was a huge part. Like, and so for me, even with the struggles that I was going through, um, you know, there was always something there just as far as like feeling some sense of belonging, you know, mm -hmm. not necessarily even just going to church, but I could be listening to, I could be listening to a gospel song, you know, or, or some sort of worship song and just having this like overwhelming feeling, you know, um, which is really interesting because I, I became a ministry leader in high school. And during that time, um, I'm, yeah, in high school, but more so college. And this was like at the peak of my struggle, though, you know, mm -hmm. so for a long time, I've, I've been really good at being a hypocrite. I had been really good <laughs> at like the outer showings of yeah. it all, you know, like, oh, look, look, I know how to like shout and speak in tongues. I know how to do this. But you know, I sucked when it came to not necessarily loving others, but loving myself. Like, you know, like there were a lot of components there. I was very judgmental then, you know, and so mm -hmm. I wasn't utilizing the faith and what I said I believed in in a way where it was inviting to others, you know, where it was 
something or, or that it even produced kind of any evidence or fruit for my life, you know? And it's so more performative in a way, very performative, hundred percent. And so, um, yeah, it wasn't until my final suicide attempt. And by this time, like I was a president of a Christian fraternity. Mm-hmm. I was one of the leaders for my school's gospel choir on the executive board. And also, um, uh, as like one of the vocal like leaders as well. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting like that. It was at that space of brokenness that I realized that the relationship that I had claimed to have with God was not really what I had, you know, Mm -hmm. flaunted it to be in that performative space, like you said. And so really having this like awakening there of like, truly just diving into what I said, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so the faith has been a huge part too, because I think when I, when I really took the, the opportunity to not only believe what I was reading and hearing, but to apply it to my life, once again, the application word, yeah. right? But taking the application piece, I think that's where I really got a chance to see the shift. Okay. And so what did but that look been like? been the whole time. How did, um, how did you go about kind of applying it? And I guess, like, if you could paint a, a, a bit of a picture between the, the you that was very performative versus maybe, like, were you more contemplative, like... What what was that transition? Not necessarily more contemplative. Yes, contemplative, but it was so. It, here's the thing: it, it was, it was one of those like practice what you teach type of joints where mm. I like behind closed doors. How am I living? How am I treating my body? How am I treating myself? Because a lot mm. of the issues that I dealt with, you know, they were stemmed from like issues of like validation or mm. acceptance. You know, we talk about the depression and the anxiety, like it stemmed from being bullied, you know? So mm-hmm. like all of those negative things that I believed about myself from those negative experiences. Mm-hmm. And then also too, you couple that with the fact that, you know, we're in a faith where we claim this power of like this amazing God who loves us, who sees us, who cares. Like, and I'm like, man, I'm like, am I really living my life? Like I believe this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then am I also showing that to others, you know? So for me, you know, it definitely came through more of a, what I, what I was doing in my private time, like actually taking time to like pray and just kind of sit there and be still and not get so caught up in the movement of life. Cause I'm a heavy mover, mm-hmm. like boom, 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 yeah. always all around all over the place. So like changing that portion up was really important. Um, mm-hmm. But then also, too, like, I think being at such a low place, it gave me an opportunity to really learn to, like, greater, like, deeply empathize with others who are struggling. And I think Mm -hmm. that was a huge part of it, too. So it wasn't performative. It was actually the belief in action. Mm -hmm. You know, it was literally being able to sit with those who now that I've gone through this I mean, my, my suicide attempt, my final one took place on the college campus and it made it made its waves throughout the entire campus mm-hmm. via the the police beat at the back of the school newspaper, via social mm-hmm. media, via via word of mouth. Like, and then mind you, I was like, I was like at the pivotal, like I'm ministry leader at that time. I'm like mm-hmm. doing all of this stuff. People see me in all of these different realms. And so you're talking about like now coming back into a space once I got back from the hospital and got back on campus, like black sheep like people Mm -hmm. whispering you know like all of that and so it gave me a greater opportunity to 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 see some of those people that I had judged or that I had looked at 
and not realizing that we all carry our own mess. And so how am I even practicing that part when it comes to the application of being present to lean in with others, you know, to really walk that thing through. And now I just had to kind of go back to something you said a second there, but I find it hard to believe that in your current state and like what you do and, and how you do it, that you have slowed down from that moment. So I can't imagine what you were like prior to what you are now. So slow down for me comes in like a different form. Like I've learned not to feel guilty about taking moments to rest. Okay. I've learned not to feel guilty about taking a 20 minute nap. If I'm tired, like Uh listen to your body type of thing, right? Slowing down for me is you've worked really hard. You've grinded. I'm going to choose to take this two to three hours to actually just go and sit on a boat and just, just rock with the waves instead of feeling the need to like, let me hop on Google and search upcoming conferences and Mm -hmm. trying to throw my name in the hat. Like slowing down is like, instead of feeling like I need to do, you know, it's funny. I'm actually preaching on this tomorrow. Um, as we close out this series around this like notion of habits, right. And these Mm -hmm. habits that we develop, but this idea of the assignment that we carry in taking care of ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, slowing down literally is just more of the self-care practices and making Mm -hmm. sure that I'm pouring into myself or being poured into, you know, all of those areas. Interesting. Yeah. The, I think there there's a lot of people right now kind of wrestling with this this being doing divide that you're talking about. It sounds like you're kind of leaning a little bit more into like I'm just going to be for a second. I don't need to be so much worried about the doing. Well, and I think it's important too, Josh, because like so for me like I'm in Seattle, right? And so we are, you know, one of the booming tech havens of this country. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, um, very fast paced life, you got folks working 12, 14 hours a day, you know, very heavy grind culture. And so I think in even in me being able to see that, you know, has got me to thinking like, I don't want to be that like, understanding that there is still so much more to life. And um, in the spirit of trying to grind it out and up the next person or to do all of these other things i think sometimes i realize that you add so much stress onto your body which can start to strip away years and time for your life from your life excuse mm-hmm. me so yeah yeah and i feel like from a lot of the conversations that i've been having with, with some other folks that there is a a bubble of society that's sort of growing and growing with with this attitude like we we're oh watching that hustle culture and we're like "Mm, i'm not that's not not me absolutely and um i think what people are realizing too is that within in within their realization um they are coming to a standpoint of of understanding that um even once they come back to the work or whatever in life that they put on pause it's still going to be there yeah and it'll still get done. You can't add extra time like to a day. So you get done what you can and you learn yeah. to embrace where you are. And I think in that too, man, when you talk about like with, with how we navigate and move forward in life and the things that we do, one of the things that you will find a lot of times is that 
I think in the resting is where you get a lot of your great ideas. That's where you get your next big idea. That's where Absolutely. in you being able to rest, you've given your mind an opportunity to be able to just to a degree play catch up, to come with fresh thoughts and fresh perspective. And so, you know, it, it is really important. And I love the fact that more people are, you know, coming out of that, that reality that is the hustle and grind culture to say like, I'm just going to have enough faith and trust that I'm put on this earth for a reason greater than myself. And because of that, I'm going to be taken care of as I take care of myself. Um, I feel like we covered a, a bunch of ground here today, but I'm curious, like, is there anything you feel like we didn't really touch on that you're just burning to get out there and chat about? No, we do. You got a lot. You got a lot. Um, it's funny because I don't usually have many opportunities on podcasts where we talk about like just the faith and the drive behind it. But yeah. no, man, we did a lot. This was great, man. I love it too. Just being able to, to really get these thoughts out here like that. And you have, you even gave me some stuff to think on too, when it comes to like, um, just, uh, just the practices as the season gets ready to change mm -hmm. and, you know, times are going to get real good for people because the seasonal affect disorder is going to slow down. <laughs> right. But I'm like, Hey, how do you keep those practices going even yeah. in the good? Right. Yeah. How do you keep those going? And also too, with the idea that, you know, a lot of places, states, cities, moving back to some sense of normalcy, how do you, in the spirit of moving forward, how do you, stay with the progress of right. like i'm not going to revert back to my old self and grinding myself into the dirt so exactly. no bro this was phenomenal man and that, that's the big temptation right as as things go back to normal it can be so easy to to slot back into the old ways right they're familiar um we're, we're used to it we understand it but like how do we take this stuff that we've had for the last two years and carry it with us. Mm -hmm. That's, I think one of the, one of the big questions that probably a lot of us are going to be wrestling with for the next year or two. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's where, that's where I'm trying to help right now. As I've noticed it, I'm like, I want to be able to add some, some insight to that that hopefully somebody can take and maybe it'll help. Yeah. So why don't we, um, we'll end on kind of a final thought along those lines perhaps, but uh, what are you taking away? Like you've had a couple of years of, of reflection and what, how is uh, the next 10 years for you going to be different than the past 10 years? Oh, that's a solid question, Josh. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I even have a full answer to that. I'm like, I, oh, I wouldn't great. expect you to. Right? Um, I think a lot of stuff is still up in the air when it comes to just like things that are completely out of our prediction. But I think uh, I know for me personally, though, when you talk about just like what I would take moving forward and um, and just kind of applying it, man, I, I feel like we always have an opportunity as humans to grow and learn. Right. So I want to continue to learn. Um, and I know that learning comes from being able to lean in, being able to stay connected. Um, I want to I want to be able to create platforms and opportunities where people can continue to connect on a deeper way, though. Right. Not social media. Right but like in person, um, maybe I can create tools that will allow people to do that when it comes to like breaking beyond just the surface level. Um, but how do, how do we learn to like really be in community with each other? And, and, and in the hope of that, 
several things happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is things that I'm trying to continue to practice in my own life. You know, greater empathy, greater mm-hmm. love, but then also too, I think um, from that, what's produced is um, more individuals understanding their worth mm-hmm. and their value, and from that, you know, if we could, I mean, I did. Do I think we could save the world completely and just stop? No, like I think that we're always going to have a component there, but that doesn't mean that we can't put a dent into things and start curbing, you know, you know, tragedies and losses necessarily, you know? So that, that's something that I would love to be able to continue to put out there. Awesome. Um, The very last thing before we we say our goodbyes for today, uh, if people are looking for you, where are they going to find you? Everywhere, Instagram, Richard.Taylor Jr., Facebook and LinkedIn is Richard L. Taylor Jr. And then uh, Twitter is at Truly Taylor Made. That's like the one that I'm least on, though. Uh, my website is RichardTaylorJr.com, and uh, all of my info, social, and everything is on there as well. Perfect. Yeah, just nice, consistent across the board, Richard Taylor Jr. So everyone can find Trying it. to be as, as close as possible. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, thank you, this Josh. Was, this was a nice conversation. I, I really appreciate getting to know you a little bit better because we've you interacted, well. but I don't think we've had some real deep conversation yet. So this was nice. Yeah. This is great, man. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person next month, too. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and once again, thank you to my guest, Richard Taylor Jr., for helping to lead the charge toward cultivating our mental health. I just love that he's out there right along with the rest of us, putting in the work to make positive and lasting change in his life and inviting us to come along for the ride. He already mentioned how to find him, uh, but take a look at his website, www.richardtaylorjr.com, where you can find everything else. And thank you for listening to the podcast and carrying the conversation out into the world. Music for this podcast is generously provided by Alexander Nakarada at www.serpentsoundstudios.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Details in the description. If you'd like to come join the community, be a guest on the show someday yourself, you wish to support the podcast or just get in touch, find me online at wanderontheway.org. And until next time, go have a good conversation.